0: Their seatbelt may get a ticket. A driver who isn't wearing their seatbelt during a crash may not make it home. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22.
1: What do you mean? 22, 22, two, two, home, two, 20, 20, 20. After
0: all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22-23. But now the question is: do you know where
1: you're going to...
0: USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools.
1: Yeah. But
0: where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics?
2: Mad transfers. How
1: did not get here?
2: Well, it looks to me like you portal'd oh, What?
3: You know portal from wherever you were to here. What's
0: that? It's a, a different kind of portal. It's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignments. They're both big pensports. Yeah! All we do know is the boys are back, and the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio.
4: Good morning, everybody. We've got a busy one today, and a good one, we hope. (laughs) We try every day in that sense, come up short often. But today, I think, just in terms of the quality of guests, we have a chance. I think you are. Got a correct. chance to, to be okay today in this respect. Aaron Fitt himself will join us here in a few minutes. A managing editor, editor and writer for D1 Baseball. And an authority. And the, the things with Aaron, he, he's been out west. He travels. He's been to our ballpark. He's been to Bend <laughs> to cover Beaver Fall Ball. He's a Durham, North Carolina native. He covers the entire scene for D1Baseball.com, an outstanding collegiate baseball site. The best, in fact. But I want to talk to him not so much about the particulars of the beaver season. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think of Dernetti's play recently at Tward Stuff I would not expect him how, What do you think about Kyle Dernetti, how hot he is? I don't expect him to know that kind of detail and stuff. He would. He might. He certainly would know of Bazana, the best player in college baseball, according to John Savage, and maybe he is. But I want to get into Aaron's mind and his wide-ranging experience about what, quote, the committee mm-hmm. looks at, mm-hmm. what is weighted. I keep hearing from people, oh, these games this week, you you better win them if you lose one. You, and even winning all four, you, you're in trouble because your RPI will go. I want to. See if Aaron can either say, "Yeah, yeah, that's true," or settle us down a little bit and say, hey, "Look, the committee knows better than than maybe they're not just yeah well, their RPI went down. We can't they're they're not on the host line anymore. They must know more than John Cohen knows, well, and I hope that's what I want right. to find
5: Right, and out. then and then the the relationship between what Cohen is responsible for, because if he says he doesn't know, anything, he outwardly says, <laughs> but, "I don't know anything about West Coast baseball." Right. And he's the leader of a committee that's supposed to choose. That kind of mm-hmm. takes away from our uh, uh, feelings of uh, whether or not they, he's being responsible.
4: So Aaron Pitt, in just a matter of moments, we're going to break and come back with Aaron and and tap his brain, get into his expertise on these matters. And then at 12.05, how about not Frank Home Run Baker, but Trevor Home Run Larnick? Trevor Lawnick will join us at 12:05. He's hit a couple in recent games. Called, recalled, sent down, recalled, mm-hmm. and back at it, hitting the ball well. And our one of our favorite sons from the championship team of 18, and one of you put on a list of important big time home runs in Oregon State baseball history. His might be at the very top. Yeah, to take you from uh, tied but
5: ahead. To win game two in 18. I remember in 17 when the, you know, just getting ready and, and calling these games in surprise. He wasn't the main guy. He wasn't the main guy. He hit an opposite field home run in one of the first games that we played. And he really came on strong that year late. But, uh, but he, there were other guys that were more important, that were bigger, bigger time. And yet here he is. And, and his rise from that point on just kept going.
4: Yep. It it never
5: really stopped, and he was big,
4: big time by the time he gets drafted. He is uh, joining us at 12.05, but it's Aaron Fitt just around the corner. Thank you for joining us today on the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio.
6: The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a 650 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's beef stroganoff. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's penne mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corval.
7: Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate, three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information.
8: we're still doing business the American way.
1: Readers of the Albany Democrat Herald voted Stutsman and Krupp contractors the best roofer in the Mid-Valley for 2021 and 2022. As Stutsman and Krupp, they employ a large team of roofers so they get in and get it done, often in just one day. Estimates are free and there's financing available too. So if you need a new roof, call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutsman and Krep contractors, they do it right.
6: CCB 96278. He shifts Bucky Irving one to
4: zero. They just didn't get the snap.
6: Hi, this is James Earl's defensive line of the Pac-12's number one defense, the Oregon State Beavers. Ongoing visits to rejuvenation for cryotherapy treatments has provided me with long-lasting muscle and joint recovery, sharpens my mental focus, and elevates the endurance needed for me to perform at the highest level on game days. Go to rejuvenationcorvallis.com to book your appointments today so you are always at your best. Go Beavs.
4: He's going forward and the Beavers get home and sack. 44 James Rawls.
1: Leading off this inning for your tax and wealth management team is David Mendenhall. Batting second, Bill Heck. And batting third, Robert Berry. It's always important to have a
7: talented lineup. The same is true if you need some advice on personal or business tax planning or just some help with financial strategy. With over 40 years in business, Tax and Wealth Management has the experience you need to hit that home run. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and start your journey on the road to success.
4: Hi everybody, this is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you're in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenberger's.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance.
5: Well, this happens sometimes.
4: Well, we hope it doesn't after that buildup. We've know. got the man himself, Aaron Fitt, and... He is, the very fact that he's making time for us when he is a man in demand, he has moved the time
5: slot three different times. Well, he blamed it on Kendall. Well, because uh, he said Kendall Rogers is moving our podcast all over the place. So, anyway, I tried him and he didn't answer. Uh, He's scheduled for now. He is scheduled for now. And we will keep
4: keep an eye on... on I called him a couple of minutes early. Downward dog,
5: phone line. So, we'll... uh, Hopefully that little light will light up while we're talking. And when here it does, if it does, ready. it's him. And then we'll
4: start asking about the committee and the bubble. And I'm gonna head over
5: there and close. I I, I have a quite. I have a a, a thing I want to throw out. Uh, yesterday was so fun to listen to that Mariner game. Cal Raleigh hits a home run oh, from both yeah. sides of the plate, and they say the first catcher to hit he ever. It. Stop. Yes. yes.
4: Build that up more dramatically. <laughs> oh, and well, Aaron's going to call us because what you are you realize the enormity of what you're about to say. The first catcher what? Switch hitting. What First one. The
5: first switch hitting catcher ever to hit a home run from both sides of the plate in Fenway. That's so amazing to
4: me. Except. You're, you're less amazed and you're asking the right questions to justify your lack of amazement. Well, except here's a, what? Here's
5: a couple of things. Yes. I'm amazed, I'm very amazed at anybody who can hit a home run in one game from both sides that of the plate. That is amazing, yeah. So much so that when TJ and I started to talk about it, and I hadn't thought of any of this except for the what they were saying, the wording on that, until TJ and I started talking. And then I thought, um, well, that's amazing that anyone can do that. Then he starts looking it up, and there were there's a lot of switch hitting home runs from both sides of the plate in Major League Baseball. Sure. There's been a couple already this year that mm-hmm. I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Adley did it last year in the uh, minors. I think he's supposed to. He just texted me back and said, they're transferring me in now. Hopefully, he
4: said. What does that mean? I said, can you call us back on this downward dog phone line number? And I gave him the number. He said yes, but he's not calling. So I'm not quite sure. You see, you see what I've got. Could you call us back on this number? And he said, "Yes." Now, oh, wait I wonder a what.
5: Oh, well, we can't take him on that.
4: Okay, one. go ahead and call. And let Johnny. You. I'll work through the the incredible Cal Raleigh. I think he's ready for us now. So let's try again. You call him on the. There we go. Okay, we got a little. So we're calling Aaron Fit right back. That must be what he meant.
5: They're transferring me in now.
4: Oh, they mean, mean the front mean desk. Up front. See, I, you know the thing is, I gave him the downward dog phone line. But as we all so often do, you know, we read, we we watch TV. We, we don't. Nobody reads, I should say. We watch TV. I like to watch TV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I think we have Aaron ready to go. But the enormity of it. The first switch hitting catcher tells you not that not that many, but I thought of Ted
5: Simmons. No, I didn't think of Adla- I thought of Adley Rutchman. Yeah, Adley in, in the minors it. in the minors. But then you go, you know, we'll shorten this. But yeah, y- you you think. <laughs> Every other position has to be. Aaron, Hmm. jump in on this. Yeah, Aaron Fit joins us. Cal
4: Raleigh yesterday hit a home run at Fenway Park from both sides of the plate. The Mariners catcher, and he is the first catcher in the history of Fenway from 1912. And 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 all I
5: say is, in order to use that vernacular, one has to think that every other position has done it, and catcher is the last Mm -hmm. one to do it.
4: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's unlikely. Shortstops, right? That's what I mean. So So, that's being worked on. Aaron, we don't expect you to work on that, but since we started there. That to me is is amazing that baseball finds ways to always have something to quantify. Well, this is the first time in the history of the, and that goes back to 1912. So I don't know if you're surprised by what we just said about Cal Raleigh, but I was.
9: Yeah, well, especially because you know Jason Garrittek played there for for quite some time as a mm-hmm. switching catcher, and you would have thought that in the course of his whatever 12 years with the Red Sox, <laughs> that he would have done it once. but right. I guess
4: not. Aaron, great to have you. Thanks for making time. You are in great demand, so making time for us, we appreciate you and Kendall. You're always busy, but tell us kind of what's occupying your world now before we get into the Beavers and the possibility of hosting and so on. What is it you guys are up to together in this busy season in your lives?
9: Yeah, it's it's crunch time, of course, for us, you know, coming down the home stretch. We're, uh, in fact, I think right after this call, we've got our uh, our weekly Nerdcast, which is the <laughs> podcast where we put together our Field of 64 projection. and and into our deliberations as we go conference by conference and fill out our field of 64. So that's kind of the next thing. But uh, this time of year, you know, that's, that's all people are talking about. Is, uh, is my team going to host? Are we going to get in off the bubble, this or that? So we break that down uh, quite a bit during conference tournament week also next week. Uh, that's, it's really our most manic week of
10: the year.
5: Yeah. Is speculation and tournament, you know, bids speculation – something you enjoy. I know fans have to have it. I, I don't, I think just wait until the real thing happens. Is it a laborious thing for you or do you get excited about it?
9: Oh, it's, I mean, it's fun for sure. It's just, you know, it's funny because this, this next week is, is, uh, it's probably the most exciting week of the year from a work standpoint. There's just so much going on. Your, your head's on a swivel. I mean, there's so much action in every conference, and, and you're seeing bids disappear as, as these upsets happen, maybe in, in the Big South tournament or something. And, oh, well, Campbell, there goes their bid. You know, now that the Big South, a two-bid league. And so, um, you know, you take one off the board, and you're just kind of doing that math. Um, and trying to keep tabs on it all—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. But boy, like I said, it's—it's it's also a most sleepless week of, of the year. I mean, we got those long days of the conference tournament. You know, you're at the ballpark for twelve, fifteen hours, and then you, you get back and you got to round up the action and write up the game reports, and you know, also let's update our field at sixty-four at three in the morning. You know, so it's, yeah. uh, it, it's a lot going on.
5: Well, uh, you guys do a tremendous job. We'll spare you going through the beavers and all of this and that. We do have some beaver questions certainly, and. Uh, a question about Travis Bazana, But let's let's go right to the meat of things. I understand in your podcast or your discussion, you kind of took up a little bit for Oregon State hosting and Kendall on the opposite side of things. I think TJ and I in, in-house look at it and go, probably not. Mike, you're a little bit more like, well, there might be something there. TJ gets more into the statistics of history. So what do you think, Aaron, about Oregon State hosting?
9: Yeah, if I were a betting man, which I'm not really, but if I were, I, I would at this point I would probably bet on the Beavers to host. If it's just a simple yes or no, um, I think it's going to happen. You know, I, I just think getting to 18 and 12 in the pack feels like it carries a lot of significance. You know, cleaner second place team, uh, cleaner number two team on the packing order in the whole West, really. And you know, right now, I mean, we're looking at Stanford as the only short fire host in the West, and I, I do feel like there's a pretty good chance that. You know, the committee would like to have a, another one. And, you know, I know Oregon State's RPI isn't where it would like to see it to host regional. Usually you got to be the top 20 or even top 16. But th- those West teams do get more leeway when it comes to the RPI, as they should, uh, because it's harder for the West, you know, just because of the way geography works. It's harder for the West uh, to, to have a strong RPI than it is for the SEC and ACC. And so we've seen teams before, you know, in the Pac-12 with RPIs around 30, finish strong in the league, and, and get a host. And I feel like that could happen this year with, with Oregon State. I, 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 it's not a slam dunk, and, and certainly you worry about this weekend ahead against Western Carolina maybe hurting them in the RPI, but um, I, I, I think they got a pretty decent shot at it.
4: Aaron Fitt, D1Baseball.com, managing editor and writer, joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Wither, Washington. Kendall seems to think they're in that conversation.
10: Yeah.
9: Yeah, they've it up. I guess the wild card here is Washington is just graduated – gotten better and better and, and they're kind of in a similar boat all of a sudden you look up and it's a
11: 30 RPI they're,
9: they're 16 and 10 in the league they have a conference series left against Cal who's you know not very good and it's a home series so you got to feel like if Washington wins that series or even sweeps it could they pass Oregon State in the pecking order and then maybe be that second host out west because probably not both of them I would say will right. host um, because we're still looking at kind of borderline RPIs, really lower than usual RPIs for a host. I think I can see the committee going, making an exception for the RPI guidelines once. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt they would do it twice in the same year. Okay. And so it's probably those two teams uh, competing for for one host spot.
5: Aaron Fit, our guest. Now I'm sure it's different for committees on on the different NCAA sports, baseball. Uh, and I don't even know if you would have, you know, be privy to any of this information. But how do they weigh things? Where does RPI come in versus uh, the league that you're in? And then, too, I want to add to this: the uh, the so-called um, I don't know, Mike, what the word would be those those that are they're supposed to be helping the league, like Lindsey Meggs in 2016, did not do it. So the coach <laughs> that's in the league now that's supposed to kind of Fight Rally, for fight for lobby, if you will. That's the word I was looking for, lobbying. How much does that weigh into things as well as the RPI?
9: Yeah, that part of it's kind of the, the secret sauce. You know, those regional advisory committees, they don't really give us a whole lot of feedback on how that process works. You know, we don't know Lindsey Meggs was in there arguing against the Beavers. You know, I mean, for, for instance, um, you know, I know, that's a lot of it's kind of a, a popular line of speculation. <laughs> you know, yes, yes. we don't have mics in the room. You know, I don't know. Uh, we don't know what happened there. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just kind of like a, a piece of the pie that just we don't have a good feel for as far as how, how impactful that is the regional advisory committees, but it's, it's kind of just like an extra piece. Um, we do know that, generally speaking, and there are certain things we look at every year. I mean, conference standings matter. Uh, if you finish 500 in your league, you almost never host. I think last year was maybe the first time I think there was one team Uh, At the SEC that hosted with a 15 and 15 conference record, it almost never happens. You you have you have to have a winning record in conference uh, to have a chance to host. And usually, like you know, in a a league like the Pac-12, if you get to 18, you got a real good shot. But there's also that RPI component. You know, again, usually there there have been some years where the committee will just go straight RPI with the host. Hmm. Basically, you've got 16 hosts that are the top 16 or 17 in the RPI. I mean, that has happened before. Um, I don't know that this year that's likely to happen because I think there's a couple of higher RPI teams that are probably going to get passed over, you know, maybe an Indiana State or a Boston College or Duke even, uh, depending on how the ACC shakes out over the next uh, last week of the regular season in conference tournaments. I mean, the ACC is not going to get six hosts, and so a couple of those teams are going to get sorted out a little bit. Um, but uh, it just feels like a year where maybe you'll have a team or two, Oregon State, Washington, maybe UConn, that's lower in the RPI, that could jump up into that, that top-16 hosting.
4: Aaron, thank you for a few more minutes of your time. When you mention, uh, you know, what what the committee weighs and what they look at, are they savvy enough? Do you fully expect, Then you said they're maybe a little more forgiving to West teams when it comes to the RPI, but will they be? Let's just say the Beavers, for argument's sake, do win all four games this week. They beat Portland tonight, and they sweep Western Carolina, but the RPI goes down just because of who they're playing does the committee understand that that's who they're playing and give them a pass on that? Do you think what they've done enough up to this point weighs more?
9: I hope so. I mean, that's, that's my biggest complaint with the RPI and the way that the process currently works, is that you can get penalized for playing the games on your schedule and, and winning them. You know, you're better off in a lot of cases canceling games, right. which stinks. I mean, right. and that's why we see this every year this time of year. We see all these cancellations, especially for midweek games. Um, and I don't blame coaches for doing it because they know that if if they play a game and win it, it's going to hurt them. Why why should they play it? You know, this is the way the system is set up. The committee should fix it and make it, you know, and there's there's different ways they could do it. You know, maybe you have five games against your worst RPI teams that just plain aren't factored into the equation, so you get some relief or whatever it is, whatever the number of games is. Um, You know, if you schedule a series that you think heading into the year, you know, maybe Western Carolina is going to be okay. Uh, and then you get to the end and you say, Oh, wait a minute! This is gonna, it's gonna hurt us. Uh, this guy, you guys haven't had a good year. I mean, it's not necessarily your fault. You know, it's not, it's not like Major League Baseball where you, you know the schedule is the schedule. Like, it's 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 harder to predict from year to year who's going to be good. And you know, in, in the major leagues, if if you're playing the worst team in the American League at the end of the year, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. hurt you. Right. You just go out and try to win the games like always. And, College baseball, I think, it's just perverse that there's incentive not to play games. Yeah, uh, that, that tells me there's something wrong with the
5: system. Aaron, last thing, it's twenty six after. We know you got just a, a few minutes. Uh, just a quick thought on Travis Bazzano, whom John Savage recently said was the best player in baseball.
4: <laughs> the best player in baseball
9: <laughs> right John now. Savage, he
5: said.
4: He said right so. now. Yeah, as good as anyone right now
9: yeah and uh, i hey listen coach Savage knows what's up. this guy's really good <laughs> yeah. um you know i I like to call him the wonder from down under i think uh <laughs> there's a couple of beaver fans that have uh that have latched onto that he he's just so fun, you know i mean the 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 stolen base piece this mm-hmm. year has been uh has been striking, you know just the way he impacts the game with his legs um stealing bases at a very high percentage too it's not like he's he's got thirty three steals and thrown out a bunch i mean he's only been thrown out three times mm-hmm. you know he's sitting for power. he's got doubles that he controls his zone. Uh, I love guys that walk more than they strike out. He's hitting 380. I mean, gosh, he does it all. You know, he's – right now, somebody asked in our chat this week, is he the most exciting player in the West? And and I said, yeah. You know, I can't think of one. I I think Alberto Lios is a great player at Stanford. He might win Pac-12 Player of the Year. He's had a fantastic season. But – he, you know, Bazan more exciting, and, and and right now I think it's probably a two-horse race for Conference Player of the Year between those two guys.
4: Mm-hmm. Aaron, thank you for your time in the busyness of it all. We look forward to following you and Kendall and everybody else and the great staff at D1Baseball.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll touch base again soon. All
9: right, guys, that was a pleasure.
4: Thank you, Aaron Fed, our guest. Short on time, and the little bit of telephone right. snafu cost us a minute or so, but grateful we got a lot for of making him. time.
5: Yeah, he was great. And he, he
4: likes. He, he said, if I had to bet, yeah. The answer would be yes. Mm. Beaver's host.
5: I, I, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to read. There was an emailer. Asking uh, a question. Ken, Ken, no, Kendall's side of things. Taking Kendall's side? Yeah. Like, yeah no. Reading really more. his was. And, yeah. yeah, and I'm sure it's based on all the numbers. TJ had a number this morning that are in the feature that he's got going on. Mm-hmm. It's a minute feature. We We do those every so often when he has time. Something about highest RPI. No, they don't have a, a, a win over a top 25 team, is it? Mm-hmm. TJ, get down here and help me with this. The man. Stanford, getting swept at
4: Stanford hurt. You know, the Beavers needed to win one of those. Now, clearly, oh, you know, well, that's Captain Obvious. Yeah, I know. But winning one of those at Stanford would have affected things. What, have, what was what, the number? Okay. Yeah. The number
7: them. was that, um, so I went and looked at the last four years. The highest RPI to host a regional was Oregon State in 2019. They had a 28 RPI. Mm-hmm. Beavers this year have a twenty-seven, right? But then I looked at hosts and top twenty-five wins, and there's only one host in the last twenty in the last four years that did not have a top twenty-five win. That was Minnesota, but Minnesota in twenty eighteen had an RPI of thirteen when they hosted. Right. They also had 15 had fifteen um, top fifty wins though.
4: So 15. from twenty six yeah. to
7: fifty, they had fifteen wins in that category. So
4: the Beavers, in terms of a top twenty-five, nay. I mean, what are you saying? Don't have any? Uh, as of now, the updated RPI they be- do not. They
7: have they had the them t-
4: when teams were or, in or the top, top twenty five. Yeah. but they are no longer right. in the top
7: twenty five.
4: Yeah, Oregon falling as much as it it has has right. not helped. Not even at all. though shouldn't it be any it won? happens, people celebrate and are happy. I understand, right. Right. but it also in the pic- big picture affects your own RPI Correct. negatively.
7: Right. Yes, it does. So I think that was it. So they're like right on the line right on the right on the edge of it as close as they could get
5: i i I think they should consider the time you beat them with their top 20 oh yeah they should Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things because they they, could could suffer massive injuries and and then be bad because of that rather than for basketball
7: they keep like i I believe in basketball when they you get like a top 20 you get a top 25 net win, you get like a quad one win it doesn't change if the team at the end of the year stinks i don't Mm -hmm. believe I believe they keep those quad one wins, and may, maybe the committee keeps that, that 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 information. We don't keep available on RPI when they're trying to measure. Yeah, but I don't know. Just a thought.
4: Good. Who, who do we have on the fan, Dave? Okay, let's take a break then, Dave. Hang in there. We need to take care of some business. We've got some other things going on from a guest standpoint. Uh, Trevor Larnick at twelve oh five tomorrow. Alex Gary, the director of athletics at Western Carolina. He and the former Katie Mavis met one another here. They're married now. They've been blessed with a young child who traveled with them out here from Carolina. And he will join us tomorrow, as will Louis Quintana, Oregon State's track and field coach. Thursday, Ted Robinson on a number of things with a longtime veteran Bay Area broadcaster. The sorry state of the Oakland A's. The Mm. sorry... Scheme of things entire for Oakland and elsewhere. Ted Robinson on that, on Willie Mays, on the future of the Pac-12 as he continues to keep his ear close to all of those things. And Ted will join us. Vita we'll, we'll touch on Vita Blue, who whom he was friends with. Yeah. All of that uh, coming. Dave from Tumwater next. Open phones. Any thoughts on what Aaron said? Anything as you poke around and research and read? Are you sanguine about the beavers' chances of hosting? 497-5356. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio.
0: Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis.
6: Complete your next summer home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with cedar fence board, decking, trim boards, and garden boxes, plus 2x8 and 2x12 cedar in stock. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, hardwoods, as well as a limited supply of brand new appliances. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis
12: set them up you knock them
0: down tired of staying home are you ready to get out and enjoy an activity that is safe and fun join a summer league at highland bowl check out their league schedule at highlandbowl.com and find a day and time that's just right for you and your friends don't be left in the gutter join a summer league at highland bowl today highland bowl north 9th street in corvallis we set them
1: up
12: you knock them down
6: If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider Cultured Marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured Marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is no grout lines, affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of Cultured Marble.
12: At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do.
5: Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing.
6: Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. They thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and look forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Browse through their large showroom with a beautiful selection of carpet, countertops, sheet vinyl, linoleum, tile, hard surface floors, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go beeves.
8: What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of Santiam Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to mypowerhonda.com. That's mypowerhonda.com.
5: Now, I didn't realize it was the tying home run. I didn't have the audio on it. I How did about have, that? I did have. The, I do have the audio on uh, Michael Conforto's home run yesterday.
4: Trevor Larnick, a game tying three run home run at Dodger Stadium last night in the top of the eight. Now that is. I was planning on getting reaching out to Trevor. It's not as though, hey, you know, we're front runners. What have you done for me lately, Larnick? Have you hit a game tying home run lately? Okay, you have, okay, then we'll have you on the show. Doesn't quite work that way when it comes to our favorite sons and Trevor's one of them. Uh, Trevor will um Trevor will join us at 12:05 after his big moment at Dodger Stadium last night in the top of the 8. Now, the Dodgers went on to win, but still that's a big time big time blow from Trevor Larnick. In the meantime, we have open phones as we await Trevor. We'll have some phones and texts thereafter 497 497- Fifty-three, 56. Let's go to uh, Tumwater right now as John is working on the other uh, line from the Downward Dog phone lines. Dave, good morning.
13: Good morning, gentlemen. Mike, yesterday you were emphasizing the cautionary tale about the 1962 Mets. Yes. you still recall you kept saying they still won 40 games. Yes. And so I, I feel like I let you guys down here lately because I haven't, Gone down a research path. So that got me thinking, who did the Mets win against? I mean, who did they beat in those 40 games? And by the way, they finished 60 and a half games out of first place that year. Yes. And that record was not exceeded until, I regret to say, the 2018 Orioles, who finished 61 games behind the both sides. But anyway, so I went into the record book and. They they finished five hundred against the Cubs. They went nine and nine, <laughs> nine and
10: nine against Chicago,
13: but typically they won two or three games. Uh, uh, it's per season series against the other teams. Mm-hmm. But then I got thinking. Given your particular interest in the Dodgers, how did they do against the Dodgers? Right. And they went two and sixteen.
10: Mm-hmm. So
13: as it turns out, the Dodgers won. I think the first five or six games in the season series, but then the Mets went won one a guy by the name of Jay Hook, and I'll come back to you. And the very next day, and I just thought, this is so fitting. This is so baseball. So the Mets finally win a game, and the next day, Sandy Koufax throws a no-hitter again. So I'm like, this can't happen again. So Sandy goes out the next day. And then in August, the Mets win their second game. It's the same guy, Jay Hook. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, I got to know, I got to, anyone who beats the Dodgers two times mm-hmm. in the early 1960s is worth knowing more about. And come to find out, he, he won, he had the best winning percentage. He was like 8 and 18. Now, a team that only wins 40, and you win eight games as a starter, yeah. that's a big percentage. When yes. he had come over in the expansion draft, from cincinnati and and i'll just wrap it up here uh but among under other interesting facets of his career he studied physics and while he's pitching in the major leagues (laughs) he's spending the he's spending the winters getting a master's degree in the study of thermodynamics Mm. so yesterday we were talking about annular eclipses yes today i'm going i'm going thermodynamics, <laughs> but he was obviously a smart guy and here's the, here's the catch though. so Sin the manager mm-hmm. refers to Jay Hook as the professor because this guy he's yeah. got a master's degree in thermodynamics and uh, and he's able to one day Stangle gets wind of the fact that the Jay Hook was explaining the physics of how a thrown curveball actually will turn in the air, mm-hmm. and there there is some aspect of physics. And Stingle's response to that when he's asked by Robert Lipsite is just classic. He says, "I only wish he could do what he knows."
4: <laughs> and, <laughs> That's a great answer. Yes, but in fact, uh, he was the best pitcher. That staff had Roger Craig,
13: but but Jay Hook uh, still alive. Born in 1936, beat the Dodgers twice in 1962. The only pitcher to beat the uh, LA squad that year. But I thought the fact that Colfax threw a no hitter the day after the Mets won their first game against them is just classic Colfax. You just know he went out that mm-hmm. day saying, "If I have to be, if I have to shut them out single-handedly, yep. we're not losing to those guys again."
4: Right? No, that's a great story. Jay Hook might even be worth, I mean, not might, he would be worth pursuing T.J. Matthewson to see. You say he's still alive. That was one of the questions I was going to ask you. 1936, so how old does that make him? 20 or is he about 80? Oh, uh, my dad's birthday is tomorrow, 87. 87. Okay, well, yep. you know, I, I'd love to, I mean, Jay Hook, that's fascinating in its own right. We had a, a young intern, Dave, at KFXX, he wasn't, no, he wasn't an intern. There was a show. Does anybody remember this show in the early 90s? Now I know there's all these shows, but John, there was a show. It might have been called The Real World or something to that yeah, effect. Yeah. Is on, that, is on that MTV? a MTV? Yeah. yeah, maybe an MTV in yeah. the early 90s. They still and, do it, I think. And it was one of those first sort of reality shows. Anyway, there was a guy named Jay.
5: Everybody living in an apartment. Yeah,
4: Jay from Portland. They came to, you know, or Jay, this kid from Portland who we kind of knew. His name was Jay Johnson or something. I don't know what his name was, but we had him on the show. And I said, Jay Hook Jones joining us here on the (laughs) Joe Beaver Show. And for the rest of the time, he was known as Jay Hook. And he was a frequent contributor to the show, talking (laughs) about his experience in this deal called... The real world. But Jay Hook, when I I, I, I hear the name Jay, I don't care. That's the first name that comes to my mind. Jay who? Jay Hook. So thank you for reminding me of that.
13: I think he lives in the Chicago, Milwaukee area. But there's one other reason, Mike, why that's a great idea following up. Because he pitched in the red system in Seattle under Fred Hutchison. Oh, my gosh.
10: Um, Yeah.
13: Yeah. so So he pitched minor league baseball in Seattle before he got the call up to the Red Legs, as they were right. known then. There's right. another little football, little bit of football minutia. During the uh, McCarthy era, uh, the the Cincinnati Reds didn't like the association, so they changed their name for a few years to the Red Legs. Right. So he came up with the Red Legs uh, from the uh, minor league team. Uh, I think, uh, uh, well, Fred Hutch himself is from Seattle. Yes, you know? yes, he, like, he is.
4: He is, and there's a great tribute to Fred. I noticed when I... Got to go up and see Stephen Kwan with the Guardians early, back when the Beavers were winning a series. Remember that? They won the series against the Huskies' uh, committee, uh, John Cullen. The Beavers won the series against Wash. Anyway, uh, back when the Beavers were winning the series uh, at Husky Ballpark, I went to, and as you know, went to see Stephen Kwan and the Guardians and the Mariners a couple of different games, parts of two different games, and walked around the stadium for the first time and there are tremendous tributes to Fred Hutchinson in that era in Seattle. He's a gigantic figure in that area, of course, with the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center in his name that his brother started after Fred passed from cancer during the 1964 baseball season. So Fred Hutchinson is is a legend in the Seattle area and a beloved figure. So Jay Hook would be great to talk to about that if he's still still, you know, is sharp and still has The ability, if not to throw, at least to explain the mechanics of a curveball, he would be great to have on.
13: Well, I'd be great if TJ can track him down. Gentlemen, again, as always, thanks for taking my call.
4: Thank you, Dave. (laughs) What a hook. Yeah, what a tremendous response by Casey. (laughs) I wish he could do what he knows. (laughs) 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 Wouldn't we all be better off in the world if we could? Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of the Saint Paul conundrum, but we'll we'll let that go too. Do it, you know, do, what do what you know. want to yeah, yeah. do. What you know. Do what you hate. Do what you don't want to do.
5: Some people do, the do what human they know, condition. but they think they know everything. So then they tell people <laughs> what they know. <laughs> I, I wish dude. he could
4: do what he knows. Casey reduced the old professor. Reduced the professor beautifully with that one phrase. That's a good one. That is a good one.
5: Um, Trevor Larnick has has been every time I look hot, but like you say, he went down a couple Mm -hmm. times, came right back up. And then the, uh, the big, the big home run last night
4: and Um, hit one. I believe I'm going to have all of this in the next few minutes before we visit with Trevor. I'm hoping he's at, he's in Los Angeles. Now he's from the Bay area college park high school uh, in Northern California, but Bryce Femmel. His teammate is living uh, in Los Angeles, and there are probably a few others, too, from the Southland. You know, I hope Trevor's got Bryce on his pass list tonight. Can you imagine showing up in the big leagues? I talked to Don and Beth Bemmel, Bryce's folks, over the weekend at UCLA, and they kind of gave me an update on what Bryce was up to. And I just hope that Trevor, I hope some family and friends got to see that home run at Dodger Stadium last night, and we'll get to see him back in the lineup, we believe, tonight against the L.A. Dodgers. He'll join us at 12.05. Very kind of him to make some time for us. In the meantime, we have open phones. They're wide open. If you'd like to jump in with anything, 497-5356. That's the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, the same number, 541-497-5356. A Joe Beaver Roadshow coming this Friday will be at the Corvallis Knights office downtown, 4th and Jefferson, next door to Block 15. Kitty Corner to uh, one of the coffee culture locations in town, which used to be an old Dairy Queen. I remember stopping there, visiting, going into DQ with Bobby Wilson back in the day, in the early 80s. Uh, Jimmy's brother, if you'd like to join us, we'd love to hear from you. 497 5356
5: Roger is on the line here with a few minutes. Well, we got to get 15 minutes left. Yeah, let's go. Roger, thank you for the call. Welcome
4: to the Joe Beaver Show. Are you there? We are here, Roger. Glad you're there. What's on your mind?
3: Well, I haven't talked to you for a while. Uh, You know, I'm not much into this greatest of all time arguments. I used to argue with my kid in junior high that maize was better than metal. And, you know, talking about generational ballplayers and obviously Babe Ruth was head and shoulders above you know he hit more home runs than most teams did (laughs) but uh, have you guys talked at all about what's going on with the Angels and their uh, Japanese ballplayer I mean he is he is over the top just about unreal
10: Mm -hmm. have
5: you
3: been following what he's been doing lately
5: well, last yeah. night, I know he had five <laughs> hits and he overtook Babe Ruth for a number of something or others with a uh, uh, have and uh, for a pitcher who's pitched over a hundred. He just broke a Babe Ruth record not long ago, I, and he had five big hits last night. That that much I do
4: know. So, Roger, yeah, thank you for that. We could look it up and have a little more detail, but what is it that compels you? Is it what he's been doing lately, Roger, that compels the call to talk about the great show? Yeah, hey, Tony, I mean, it's,
3: it's just unheard of. I mean, you know, we have those splash-in-the-pan guys, you know, that come up and, you know, rookie sensations, but then they fall away or whatever, but... But, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't, you know, follow it very closely. Just listen to the highlights, you know, from the Mariners game. And I look up on YouTube and see how the the Beavers and the major leagues are doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, it's just amazing. Um, well, okay, I have another question. What surprises you most that we got out to a 1-5 start in conference or the way we're playing now?
4: I would say the, former.
3: the former. When we were 1-5, I thought, Man, five hundred's a long ways off. Mm-hmm. I hope we can make it.
4: <laughs> hmm You know. Well, I'm answering your question, Roger, by saying that they went one and five was the bigger surprise than their seventeen and seven since. I wasn't sure that they yeah. could go seventeen and seven and finish eighteen and twelve in league play. And that's what seems to Aaron Fitt keeps coming back to. That eighteen and twelve in the league is impressive. And it took a lot of work to get there. But I'm surprised at one and five because they lost a home series to Washington State. Yeah, yeah.
3: And the Stanford, I mean, you know, there's no. I mean, Stanford was a powerhouse, especially at the time, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have a wealth of wisdom. I just, I was just sitting here recovering from an illness and listening to the radio. So I, I'll
4: keep, well, keep listening, Roger. Thank you, and and John found, and thanks for the call, John found. The detail that Shohei Otani last night became the first pitcher since 1964 to reach base five times in a game. So that's cool. Yeah, Not so much, you know, maybe there's a Ruthian component somewhere in oh, here I'll, too. Oh, yeah, the
5: Ruth one, the Ruth one i got to find.
4: But do they mention who the pitcher was in 64? That, that, to me, is not Jay Hook. I mean, I'd be interested to know who, you know, one of the great trivia questions of all time, speaking of switch hitters, and by, I'd be interested to know if this still holds. Is it accurate? Is this a correct uh, answer to the following question? Who was the last American League switch hitter to win the Most Valuable Player Award? Now, I know that's a, obscure, but it came up recently, that question and answer, because for the way I saw it written made it seem like it still holds, and I don't know if it's true or not. But the last American League switch hitter to win the MVP, and I think we have a candidate in our own switch hitting catcher who plays for the Baltimore Orioles, to someday supplant, if the the old answer still holds, our own Adley may someday supplant it. I believe it. But the last switch hitter to win the American League MVP was Vita Blue. Mm. It's a little bit of a trick question, Ah. but Blue... Won the MVP in 1971. It was pre-designated hitter. And so Blue hit from both sides of the plate as a pitcher of the year. He went 24-8, and eight, 1.82, 301 strikeouts. Is that still the correct answer to that question?
5: I don't know. Well, it's, <laughs> it's timely, obviously, mm-hmm. since we lost uh um, 10 days ago. Here, here's a little yeah. bit more information on this. I don't have the Babe Ruth part of it, but... Um, I don't know where I saw that. I know I did this morning. Anyway, Mel Stottlemyre was oh Mel in '64.
4: Thank you. A
5: twenty-win season, I think, for Mel that year. Yankee uh, for the Yankees on September 26, 1964, against Washington, and no starting pitcher—that's the term—has ever hit for the cycle, and he was a uh, Otani was a double away from the cycle last night. Unbelievable.
4: (laughs) No, we need to. I, I know that. I know that in life we have. What's called a recency basis, and that we're all enamored of the moment. And I go the other way. That my my among many flaws is you don't have a recency bias. You have a, a, an ancient ancientcy bias, whatever the case may be. I'm I mean I'm thinking about Jay Hook, and I'm thinking yeah. about Mel Stottlemyre, and I'm thinking about 353, 52, and 130, and not appreciating what the current great generation generational ballplayers are doing. I get that. So that. Roger is asking: Have you noticed, or have you guys talked yeah, about? It? And yeah. the answer is: Well, a a little. B uh, to the questions: Have you noticed, and are you talking? Notice some, of course, it's impossible not to. Right. The amazing right. thing Shohei's doing, but are you talking about it? Mm, not so much.
5: Well, and I, we should be because I, he yeah. is a he is a generational phenomenal absolutely player absolutely. And um, um, I, I'm 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 with you. So we could call this the old man show. I'm all about <laughs> history. I love history, and that kind of ties into my. Question to Aaron Fit about if if it's laborious to get involved in all these predictions. It's like why every year tournament time for basketball. Oh, right, who, all these tournaments <clears throat> has us going to or for baseball. Oh, we might go to Boston as a three seat. <clears throat> who cares? It's a it's a, we're a week away from the actuality. That's like getting excited before your baby is born that you're gonna and you know, make all these predictions and plan on it. Well, instead of instead of just you know, wait it out, and see what happens.
4: Do you liken what what you're talking about to Fit and Kendall and his staff and world? And I think, I mean, it. it, it they love it. It drives the industry. It drives subscribers. It, it, it drives does. conversation. In, in fact, just as the whole recruiting stuff. You right. and I,
5: John, in recruiting, the other at, thing.
4: He's visiting here. He's yeah. tripped yeah. here. Right. He's caught or call. He's leaning here. He now he took a visit. How did it go? I mean you and I I mean I I find that analogous to what you're yeah. talking about here and
5: now. and like we've said before there are some people who enjoy that more yes, almost than the sexual games and mm-hmm. TJ and I were talking about this it was more me kind of saying you know what's the deal with all of this mm-hmm. and um I just forgot exactly what my point was and it was a really good point but uh, we were talking about these predictions Oh, I know. I said, it's rare when I get the kid to actually, like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. The kid agreed with yeah, you? Yeah, he does never. It's... Well, he's the kid's in here, so let's he's get right, the kid. He's right here. And wh- how many kids are there, the kid? And we said, Nick-nage. so do you recall this part of the conversation? And I said, actually, in reality of, of the whole thing, they're only, to me, these discussions, these predictions, mm-hmm. they're only important if it's you're either in or you're out. You need to get in or you need to get out. Yeah. Or, or or you might. I, the details of being sent somewhere as a as a three seat nobody can predict that. Hub fans bid
4: Griffey Jr. adieu. Right, John Updike. No, Hub it, fans bid kid adieu. There was one. Anyway, what do you got?
7: You know, you make a good point with that. It is yeah. just fun to like think about. Ooh, what's a place we haven't gone yet? That would be fun to go to. Like the, Beavers. what are the Beavers ever going to play a baseball game in Boston?
5: Well, actually, when you told me that one, that one kind of was cool. Like, well, what, I, I was there was cool. a projection? There was a Had projection the Beavers that going to
7: Boston? Boston College was going to host a regional. It was going to be the Beavers, oh Boston gosh. College, Northeastern, and Harvard. Like, what a mix, right?
5: That was actually interesting when you, and I might have even started this conversation. It's just not,
7: it's not a run-of-the-mill, like, prediction. <laughs> no. It's like, well, right. this probably, th- this is very, un- like, this is a very unlikely scenario.
4: Because for us, that's it's just... either
5: LSU, Texas, or Vanderbilt. Well, or, or, um, the Vanderbilt and the
4: supers, but we've been down to Fort worth twice. We've been to Dallas. We went to Gainesville. We went to Baton Rouge. So. If the beavers are to be sent out, like you're saying, well, that That's a pretty I that good wouldn't trip. mind a, a trip to Boston and maybe no, see that, that uh, that switch hitters cool.
5: hit home runs, like, oh, Dunkin' Donuts, cannolis, <laughs> mm. the Warren Tavern, which go, is actually from my family.
7: Go go out to yeah. go to go to the Boston Harbor. Oh, I haven't answered your question, by the way. You guys were curious. I've yes. I've compiled a list. Nice. Okay, there have only been f- five players that have done what Cal Raleigh did last night
4: in the history of Fenway Park. History
7: of Fenway Park. Uh, Reggie Smith did it three times. Roy White did it once. Mark Teixeira did it once. Melky Cabrera did it once. And Cal Raleigh did it wow. for the fifth time.
5: Does that constitute yeah. a large enough list to specify the term catcher? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's not a big enough yeah, because sample Because people sign.
4: don't say the first, second baseman or whatever. Right. I got right. you. Right. But catching catching, and hitting, I, I do think... TJ, maybe you can answer this. Mm -hmm. When a catcher does something really notable offensively, that gets a little more elevated than if it's your left fielder because catching traditionally is this, I'm going to grind and be a great receiver and thrower Uh and defender uh and, and handler of pitchers and caller of games. If I hit, that's a bonus. So when a catcher does something like Raleigh did, Mm -hmm. that elevates the achievement more than when Reggie Smith did it three times. And
5: I got to admit, I I just assumed catchers were right in there because I don't study the stats over Mm -hmm. the years, that catchers were right in there with all the other position players as to be expected good hitters
7: i think it's mostly just because he's the first of a position i think there's a it's the set the stat sounds better when you say first of yes instead of the fifth ever to do that sure it's like the fifth ever in fenway park would be cool but hey he's the first catcher to ever do it and there was a pretty good catcher that got you know bears got fleeced pretty bad with jason Veritek back in the day um that, you know, a switch hitting catcher, a pretty notable one, played here for 15 seasons and never did it one time. Actually, though, yeah.
5: I, I think Mike's uh, analysis of that it it's not, mm-hmm. hu- you don't expect huge numbers from catchers offensively. That and, makes right. more sense to me as to why the term catcher would be thrown in there. And right. separated out. Yeah, and yeah, separates yeah. why Adley is such a big deal. Right, right. 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 Surely for that a good
4: reason. hitting catcher. And a switch hitting catch. right? Yeah, right. And the only two that came to mind when I thought, when you said Cal Raleigh became the first, I thought Veritek didn't do it. Mm. Surprised me, and that Ted Simmons wouldn't have done it. But those are the only those are the only two candidates from that position that even came to mind. What was the most surprising is I assumed Mickey
5: Mantle did do it. He never did it at Fenway wow. Park. 10 he did that 10 times in his career and never did it at Fenway. Isn't that amazing? 10 times he hit a home run from both sides of the plate.
7: What do you And Eddie Murray didn't do it either. Eddie Murray didn't he did it a handful of times but not at, not Fenway, at Fenway Park. Mark okay. Teixeira is the all-time leader. I think he did it 14 times. Wow. And he did it that one time. So he crossed over enough.
4: Well, here comes Trevor Lorna, who will never do it. (laughs) All he does is hit home runs to tie games late at Dodger Stadium. From the left side. Trevor Lorna coming up next. Open phones thereafter. Alex Gary, Louis Quintana, Ted Robinson still to come. A road show from the Knights office downtown with a free lunch and great raffle prizes, tickets, a lot of prizes to give away. That'll be uh, this Friday, 11 to 1 At the Corvallis Knights offices. Trevor Larnick coming up next. Thanks for joining us today on 1240 Joe Radio.
2: All set, please. Here's the microphone. This, thing on. this is K
12: E J O Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five
2: and Q I D twelve forty. Joe Radio. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. Homebuilder sentiment in May unexpectedly rose, now at the highest level in ten months, and the reason is there are so few existing homes on the marketplace. It's pushing a lot of would-be home buyers toward higher-priced newly constructed homes. With future sales of those homes looking good, shares of most home builders are a little higher right now. Elsewhere on Wall Street, those stocks mostly lower ahead of debt ceiling talks set to resume just minutes from now. And that's got the Dow down more than 200 points, about three quarters percent lower. The NASDAQ is up a fraction, the SP down a third of a percent. Retail sales rose slightly in April, despite stubbornly high inflation. Auto sales were higher, so it was online shopping. But sales fell at furniture, sporting goods, appliance, and electronics stores. And you've all seen or heard of the show, The Bachelor. Well, this fall, Variety Reports ABC is mixing things up with plans to air a senior citizen's edition of the show, calling it The Golden Bachelor. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio.
1: Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first.
8: For auto glass
12: solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man.
1: Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Let me fix the crack in your glass repair call me first
12: for auto glass solutions better call the glass man call 541-760-2277 call the glass
1: man leading off this inning for your tax and wealth management team is david mendenhall Betting second, Bill Heck. And betting third, Robert Berry. It's always important to have a talented lineup. The same is true if you need some
7: advice on personal or business tax planning or just some help with financial strategy. With over 40 years in business, Tax and Wealth Management has the experience you need to hit that home run. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and
4: start your journey on the road to success. Hi everybody, this is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you're in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenberger's.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to
12: Kellenberger Appliance. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another Golf Minute to help give you a blast in the sand. Part of having a good short game is being a good bunker player around the greens. Too many players try and scoop the ball out of the sand by hanging back on their right side. To be successful out of the sand, your hips need to rotate to allow the body to turn towards the target at impact. Turning your hips helps get the club coming into the ball with a downward blow, getting the ball out without you having to help it. To ingrain this turning of the hips, practice hitting sand shots with your right foot pulled back and on its toes. This forces the hips to turn to the target on the downswing so you're rotating over your left leg rather than falling back on your right leg. This will help you get out of the bunker every time, I promise. So remember, to help blast the ball out of the sand every time, practice with your foot pulled back and get on your toes. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Gain
0: presents a tale of longing and long-lasting scent. Dear love of my life, we were on the 12B bus when I caught a whiff. <sighs> a scent so fresh, so life-changing, I had to find its source. I didn't know if you were the woman in the pink freshly washed cardigan or the retired mailman next to me, but I knew one of you was my soulmate. Ah, the scent of Gain flings. Add Gain scent beads for an even longer-lasting scent It's ready. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. Are you ready? Just like Donald Trump, motto Man. I hope you're ready, brother. Are you re-
7: ready? Yes, I'm ready, Woodrow.
3: You ready? I was born ready. Ready?
10: No, I'm ready.
0: lay Ready. Always ready, John. John and Mike are ready with all manner of meaningful dialogue. Email, bits and bites, tweets and texts. Oh, I see. You take care of both sides of the conversation. Man. For the thousands in attendance, and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Joe Beaver
1: Show. There's never been anything like this. A Your greatest creation. Genius! Work of genius! And
7: two on nobody out here's the 2-2 pitch a swing and a drive right center field and deep back it goes and this game is tied trevor Larding ties it up on eighth inning three-run homer it's a 6-6 game at dodger stadium
4: well i'm not sure of a better way to get into our conversation than with the man himself who just clobbered that three-run homer unfortunately in the end the dodgers did come back and win but what a moment for our next guest and our good friend and one of our favorite sons in the history of Beaver Nation, Trevor Larnick, Hit that. Trevor's taking time in Los Angeles to join us today back here in the Mid-Valley on the Joe Beaver Show. Trevor, good afternoon and congratulations on the swing. How you doing today?
14: Hey, it's great to hear from you guys again. You know, I always take time for my Beaver family.
4: No, we appreciate it, Trevor. W- speaking of family, did you have family in the ballpark last night or Bryce Femmel or any former teammates or anybody else when you hit that three run home run?
14: Uh, I got family here. Yeah, they're going to be here in this entire stand. And, um, you know, it, I'm fortunate because it's, you know, we're on the West Coast again. And um, I got brothers and cousins and anyone you can imagine that's down here. So I got a lot of support and love.
4: And you must have gotten a lot of it when you rounded the bases. That's a clutch, Homer. Now, I've already mentioned the reality. Baseball's tough, and it ends up going 12. But when you got in, did you get a little beat up by your guys? I mean, that's a big moment for you and the team, and you guys are playing good baseball. I nearly as much
14: as I got beat up on the World Series in 18.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, that, let's talk about that for a moment, too. Whenever, whenever we visit with you, you know, I was just saying on the air last hour, in the list of, of biggest home runs in Oregon State baseball history, that may very well be the number one. I mean, at right near the top. And I've watched it. You, I don't know how many times you've sort of watched it. I've slowed it down. I've watched Quanti leap over the front of the dugout. I've, I've seen Steve Carruthers giving, giving a high five when you got in there. Trevor, what uh-huh. what goes through your mind? Have you watched that quite a bit? And what was that like to tour the bases after that home run in Omaha.
14: Yeah. Well, you know, unbelievably it was five years ago now. It's crazy to think about, Um, but you know, back then definitely watched it more so than now. And I'll, you know, I'll come back to it every once in a while, just because there's such fond memories with um, you and and the boys and the staff. And, um, and actually while I was at Dodger stadium yesterday for the first time, um, I got reminded of the atmosphere that we had in Omaha. Um, there's a lot of people there yesterday, um, and that's to be expected here in LA. But um, it, just like the format of, of the the stadium, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like multiple decks in the outfield. There's that. The, there's the one stands that kind of wrap around from left, center to right, and that's similar how it was in Omaha. And, and there's I don't know. There's three, four decks and, and you know behind the plate and stuff in Dodger Stadium, but. Um when I was out there stretching, I really got reminded of, you know, the atmosphere that we had in, in Omaha. And I was thinking about that to myself, and now I'm talking to you guys about reminiscing. I thought <laughs> that was kind of funny. Nice,
5: Trevor Larnick, our guest. Uh, Trevor, this is John. When you go to places like you, you hit the big home run against uh, Nick Madrigal and the Cubs just a couple of days prior, the big one against uh, the Dodgers last night, when you go to these these hallowed grounds, these venues like Wrigley Field and Dodger Stadium, were you – as a kid into baseball so much that when you go to these places, you you can't believe you're there.
14: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's multiple times um, where, you know, I catch myself saying like, wow, like I'm here, you know, and I don't know if that ever goes away just being how I was when I was little and watching the game and following baseball and and seeing, you know, movies and documentaries on stadiums and players that have played in, in the past and everything. It's just, it's pretty special and i'll never
4: take that for granted ever trevor larnick joining us trevor since <laughs> tell us a little bit about just the recent transactions and being sent down but then getting red hot down there over the brief time you were back at aaa then an injury occurs and you get recalled and you've homered in back to back games now what's it like to be on kind of a roller coaster when it comes to the major leagues and and what your attitude was and thought process was when you did get sent back for a short stretch
14: yeah um man you know i was not i was not happy at all um you know i i broke with the team and you know i get guys were hurt and stuff like that but you know there was a there was a period at the end of my stint earlier um in the month that you know got a little cold and was trying to find it and stuff, but everyone goes through that, you know, and especially when it's, the, you know, the month of April and it's hard to hit. And it's cold weather, especially in, you know, central location like Minnesota and the Midwest and everything. And, um, you know, I'm not using anything like that as an excuse, but I'm just saying it's harder to find your groove in colder weather. Um, and, you know, I started out pretty good in the, in the first couple of weeks and then, um, you know, was battling through some things, which everyone goes through, but, you know at, at the end of the day, I was still producing, I was still getting on base, I was still driving in runs um and then evidently i, I was the piece that got moved and you know I was upset mm-hmm. um I was very upset, and I don't think anyone's gonna be happy when that happens, but um you know it never deterred me mentally or anything like that. It was more just like you know I right, like kind of just pull the curtain back and kind of focus on what I need to do to to get back to feeling right um and, you know, people think that. You know, me getting sent down is, is the reason that you know I'm having a stint right now, or even when I was in Triple A. But it's not at all the reason. It's more the reason of you know me finding what I need to find to feel good at the plate and sticking with that, sticking with that process, and then and allowing it to go into the games. And like I said, everyone goes through stints where they go overs or whatever. It's just getting back to where you want to be. And and to me, it doesn't matter where I'm at. It Could be in you know Southern California. It could be in you know Columbus, Ohio. It really doesn't matter. Just all that matters is the process that goes into it. Um, and it had nothing to do with that okay. emotion. At all. It's yeah.
5: interesting. It still happened
14: to be that, you know, that clicked when that happened. And, you know, I'm still trying to keep it that way.
5: Do you feel like there's good communication? Like the, the expectations are that you, you're, it's clear what they want you to be able to be doing more consistently? Or is it just you and your agent trying to figure it out? That's a
14: good question. Um, you know, my agents are trying to figure things out all while I'm trying to figure things out on my end, you know, at the plate or on the field or, you know, staying healthy and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I can't control a lot of the things that, that happen with, you know, moves and transactions and stuff like that. The only thing I can control is how I take care of myself and, you know, the uh, the process that goes into you know, getting better offensively or defensively or whatever it is. So, you know, I just look at it like that and and trying to keep my head on straight with, with what I need to be doing each day.
4: Trevor Larnach, our guest. So you, your answer was interesting because I guess you've already been peppered with after the, the home run in Chicago and the home run you just did at Dodger Stadium. People think that, oh, you must have gone to AAA with a mat on. You're angry. You're going to get your hit your way back to the big leagues. You told us you were you were upset about being sent down. But that really wasn't fuel, per se. You just stayed stayed with the process of homing your swing and all of that. Is that what you're telling us? Was there any measure of, hey, I'll get back up there. I, I know who I am.
14: Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I know I'm more than capable of playing at this level. Um, I just so happen to be going through a stint that, you know, wasn't ideal. And, and like I said, everyone goes through that. It's just it's coming back and, and getting back to yourself at the plate and where you want to be. And, and it just so happened to be the timeline of, yeah. you know, the day after, two days after I get sent down, um, I feel a little something I'm working on it, and then it slowly kind of comes back through my skin, and then slowly coming in now. And, you know, the hardest part is keeping that, you know, I mean, some of the best sitters they don't have to go through those things for very long. They know their body or they know what it is that they need to do and, and they can make the adjustment quicker. But, you know, I wasn't, like I said, I was upset, but I, I can't, you know, I'm not going to go to the field and and take it out on mm-hmm. staff or anything like mm-hmm. that personally. You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. So it's, there's no point in getting frustrated over it. You know, my my family was upset, but yeah, you know, I hear the anger in their voice over the phone. But you know, what's that going to do? You can't. There's nothing you can do about it.
4: Mm-hmm. That's a great point, Trevor. I wonder. You know, in the movie Major League, when Charlie Sheen, you know, there's wild things thinks he's going to be sent down. He has a big blow up in the, with his manager. And he said, no, I'm not sending you down, kid. But he's just saying, I'll show you guys. I mean, that whole, I wonder when you get the word and the actual news in real life, you said you were angry, but did you channel it and just kind of walk out of the office and go and say, okay, see you later? I mean, did you say anything about how you thought maybe it wasn't quite the right thing?
14: Yeah, you know, I made my case, you know, mm-hmm. I asked questions and, you know, I, I I wanted to find out what it is that, you know, was the case of of me being the piece that got moved and, um, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of transparency, which is sometimes to be expected in the business, but, um, you know, I asked questions, I asked, I talked to my agents and, um, you know, ultimately it's just, I was the piece that indirectly impacted several other players on the team where they play and then the lineup and everything. So that they felt that it was me. Um, you know, do I agree with that? No, but, I, I can't do much about it. All I can do is put my head down and work and try to get back to where I need to be and where I want to feel and, and how I want to play.
4: Trevor Larnach, our guest, you say stay with the process. That includes trips out here. That includes working on your swing and craft in the off season here at times still, too. Trevor, tell us a little bit about that whole process to get to become a major league baseball player and how much you've worked on your swing and craft and how Oregon state has played a part both during your career and even afterwards.
14: Yeah. I tell people all the time, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me going back to school with, with Oregon state and coach case and, and playing with those guys. You know, it, it was such a, such a big impact on my life and how I looked at everything and how I worked and kind of set me up for, you know, my attitude towards the game and, and how I wanted to be off the field and, and just how I wanted to work in general. And, um, you know, ultimately would come back you know, as I would see you and some of the guys during the off seasons just to, to use the facilities. Not, you know, I wasn't going back to like, you know, reminisce by any means. Mm-hmm. It was more like to get my work in and, and we had a good group of guys, um, you know, with Quan and, and Bo Phillip and um a handful of others and Brandon Eiser, like all these guys that would come back, and we'd work together and we'd have a lot of fun, right? But we'd, you know, focus on our craft and you could ask the same question to Quan, you know, it's just Putting your head down and, and working, but the, I think the biggest, the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, learning who you are and becoming a major leaguer, um, is the experience in the game. You know, the more games you play at the higher level, whether it's from Double A AA to Triple A, the more you can hone in on, on those skills and, and what that game exposes, um, and the more you can take that into the off season and work on it, um, it it's huge. And you, you got to be smart. you got to pay attention and observe, you know, and see where your deficiencies and deficiencies are and, um, you know, and continue to do so. It's not like, you know, Quan or myself or Nick or anybody is going to be done. You know, like, you know, we're, we're learning as we go. We improve and, and we're working and, and we're trying to stay healthy and all the above. So um, Oregon State was a huge impact. Those guys could all tell you that. I'm telling you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately I am not coming back this off season. It's it's time to move on. You know, I'm gonna be twenty seven here, so
10: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
14: Um, you know, we're setting up you know, a shop at a at a different location, but you know, I share all my time at school and the off seasons, everything there.
4: Yeah, we appreciate you saying it that way. Trevor, I saw Steven on opening night when the Beavers' schedule were at Husky Ballpark and got was able to see Steven oh. open and, and he talked about you specifically in terms of former you know, teammates. That you've worked together on your craft a lot. What do you think about what Kwani's done these last couple of years?
14: I'm. I tell people all the time, I'm not shocked at all, and it's mostly because I know him as a person. We played together and everything, um, but it's also because you know the last three, four off seasons, whatever it was after we got drafted, we would um, we'd be in the gym together, we'd be in the cage together, you know, we'd be doing everything together, and I just I saw his game you know, go from really consistent leadoff hitter that does everything really well to double that. And then adding, you know, power into his game and, and just his swing got like, not refined, but it developed into this, um, just just real threat that you could watch every day on a daily basis in the big league level. And I saw that every year, step-by-step. And when I played against him in triple A, I saw it and everybody was like, who is this kid? Like, you couldn't strike him out. You couldn't get him to chase. You couldn't get him to not get on base. Like, he was always hitting line drives. Like, he did everything so well. And, and I told him, I think the year before he called, up, got called up, I was like, dude, you're a big leader. I don't know whether you think it or not, but there's no difference in how you play right now and in the business and that you're not going to dominate. Um, and the next year, he broke with the team, and it's been, you know, it's been beautiful ever since. And I I, I root for him. I root for Nick and uh Rush and Drew and everybody else it's it's a beeve, and you know, especially when I know these guys, but when I see Juan, um, you know, it, it's just it's a very like we had breakfast the other day, it's just it's very heartwarming and you know be able to chat and see him play and, and just to dominate. It's it's there's nothing really better than seeing your boys that you play with in college and, and the relationships that you have just succeed on their on their side, you know.
5: Last couple of things. If you and Steven are out, do you get noticed? Or does it depend on what city you're in?
14: I think it depends. You know, I asked him when we were in Cleveland, um, we had breakfast the morning of the first game that they played. And I had just got sent down that, that night, unfortunately, but uh, we were talking and, and he, uh, you know, I noticed some people looking at him kind of interesting, you know, in a certain (laughs) way. And, and I asked him if he was getting noticed and he's like, yeah, I want to say like the more and more I've I've been playing here. And if I'm hanging around with some of their, you know, their main guys, on the city, then he definitely gets noticed. Um, same thing, but not probably as much. He, I mean, he's got a little higher notoriety than myself, especially if he, you know, Gold Glove winner, made it to the playoffs, was the leadoff guy, broke with the team. Like, he's 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 certified. You know what I mean? And yeah. He Should be. And he deserves it. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll get noticed here and there um, in Minneapolis. It depends on where i But we, you know, I don't go out too much. I don't know if Kwan goes got a whole lot, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and sometimes you'll get some guys saying "Hey" and everything. So you know that that part's
5: cool. It'll happen. It'll happen for you in Minnesota. The and when and absolutely, you're you're doing great. Last thing from me: What is uh fight list? I just happen to be on your Twitter, and is it you say you'll challenge a fan to trivia? Is it baseball trivia? Is it overall trivia? And is this something <laughs> that like your agent or the team said, "Hey, can you do this for us?" Oh,
14: brother, that was probably. I don't know 2 3 years ago or whatever uh, I haven't been on social media since
5: Ah uh, okay I think around
14: 2020 um, okay. I'd love to help you out I,
4: <laughs>
5: You're right it's I 20 I didn't even look in. at the date anymore Yeah
14: it's, it's a thing that's just not not relevant to me and you can get, No I get it. Yeah
4: and you can get I mean I think that's a wise choice in life Trevor yes. to just be doing what you're doing and be who you are Very on much so. that uh, last uh, last things from me too here Trevor thanks for your time but that is Of course it When when you work on the process, how much do you use technology and video and study Swing Path? Or do you get just more work just being in the cage and get a feel? Or are you really a, a, t- a technology guy when it comes to working on your craft?
10: Um,
14: I can't speak for everyone, but um, I, I believe that video is, is probably one of the most important things. Okay. Um, and then outside of that is uh specifically for hitting, um, is probably your ball flight. You know, what, what's the ball doing when you hit it? Um, you know, if it's a certain pitch in a certain location or, or whatever it may be, is the ball spinning with topspin? Is it spinning with sidespin? Or is it true backspin? Um, that and video are, are two really, really big things um, that can tell you a lot. Um, and then, you, you know, you need to match it up with how you feel. Um, and then that's when things start getting pretty complex and interesting. And it's kind of like a math equation, right? Because the body's complex, hitting is complex. Um, there's a lot of variables at stake and, um, you know, the best thing to try and do is dumb all that down, but you do need those types of resources to tell you, um, kind of what's going on.
4: What kind of spin was on the home run in Omaha in game two in the ninth inning to give the Beavers the lead? What what kind of spin did you get on that one?
14: Uh, it was good enough. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, as soon as it left the yard, I thought the Beavers are going to win this whole thing. I mean, when the ball dropped, I thought, okay, Caden's still got to come through with a hit. There's two strikes. He's got to come through with a hit. And he did. Then right. you homered, and it felt like, here we go. Did that feel that way to you as you toured the bases?
14: Yeah, absolutely. Um, mainly when we sealed that game, when that when that game was done, mm-hmm. we won. <clears throat> and everyone went into the locker room. And um, I specifically remember uh, Rudge and myself and Case sitting in, like, the waiting room for when you have that press conference, right. you know. And we were listening to the Arkansas team. You know, and we were listening to the conference, and um, they just sounded so drained and their energy was just gone, you know. <laughs> and, I was. I told Case. I was like, "Dude, it's over. There's no way that they can come back." And you know, just look how they feel. Look how they're. T- look at their body language. You know, and uh, evidently that—that's what it was the next day.
4: Yeah, they had to deal with Kevin Abel, who was pretty good that next day too. Unbelievable.
14: Yeah, yeah. yeah. to To cap it off, they had to deal with a guy that pretty much did nothing. That. Yep. Pretty much did something nobody else has done in the college right. series as
4: a freshman. Hey, this is the last thing we'll turn you loose. On a day in L.A., you're taking time to visit with us. We appreciate it. you got a night game, 7-10 tonight, back in Dodger Stadium again. Good for you. Do you see? Are you going to hang out with family later now? Uh, are you going to see Bryce during this trip? I mean, uh, what else is on your plate before you head to the ballpark today?
14: Well, I have a lot of family, mm-hmm. um, so that that's probably going to be priority um but today um you know just really getting ready i'm um, gonna get some food here in a bit mm-hmm. and do a bunch of movement stuff to, to prep my body to, to move the correct way and, and to be in alignment and then uh get ready for a game and i think tomorrow's a day game and the next day is an off day so I'll be able to see and spend some time with family then and um you know just just try and uh see as much people as i can
4: Thank you for making time back here, Trevor. We always appreciate it. We love you, and, and we'll keep following you closely. Say hi to your family for me later when you see them. Uh, we love the times together here. They're unforgettable. And thank you for making time for us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Yeah, likewise. Always, guys. You guys take care. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Trevor Larnick, our guest. Very thoughtful answers. Yeah. Just, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the ballplayers of today strike me as being a little bit Different in the sense of, you know, even the question about, do you get recognized? Do you go out much? And he mm-hmm. just said, yeah, I don't know if he goes out much. I don't go out much. The roistering of ballplayers described by Jim Bouton in Ball 4, days feel different. It seems like ballplayers players are serious about their craft. I'm not saying that they're they're hermits, you know, that they're just holed up in their hotel rooms all day, or like he said, working on his he's gonna work and get some movement in, scratched, mm-hmm. whatever that all means in his life. But it feels like the the days of reading about the the New York Yankees players climbing the fire escapes at the Shoreham Hotel to try to peek into other hotel room windows, those days feel like they may be long gone. And Mickey Up all night, you know, Babe Ruth and Mickey and those kinds of days and carrying on. I just, it feels different
5: these days. Except, one exception to that, Yeah. in in, uh, 61, didn't they have Mickey and, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but the three were roommates. Well. And they were watching, I think, what, Gilligan's Island or the Munsters? Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke.
4: Probably a little prior to Gilligan, so they didn't get to watch that. And
5: they were playing games. I mean, they were acting like. I know. It was corny.
4: But part of that was to rein Mickey in, give him True. a place to stay.
5: True. <laughs> but the other guys were like, what are you? Co-? It was almost yeah. like uh, Felix <laughs> in the, and, and Oscar. It was. What are no. you cooking tonight? Well, I'm yeah. making a spaghetti. It is that,
4: That's very quaint and cute, yes. that film. Let's take. Who do we got on the fan? Paul. Okay, we need to take a break, Paul. Hang in there if you don't mind. Paul Blackburn will join us. We've got open phones. If you'd like to join us, open phones the rest of the way today and texts. 497-5356. 497-5356. Wow. Just thinking about Trevor sitting around with Rutsch and Case yeah. after game two. And the the Arkansas players knew. They knew then we're done. Mm-hmm. We missed our chance. They might as well not have shown up at the ballpark, and they barely did. Yeah. <laughs> A two-hit complete game shutout for <laughs> Abel. <laughs> We come back with Paul, and we hope more of you. Thanks for joining us on the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor
7: take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 758 Two four five Edward Jones,
0: member SIPC.
6: Locally owned and operated Lifetime Gutters does more than just new gutter installations with guaranteed quality craftsmanship at competitive prices backed by a lifetime warranty. Lifetime Gutters can also protect and extend the life of your roof with regular moss treatments and maintenance. Does your home, gutters, and sidewalks need a spring cleaning? Lifetime Gutters can handle that, too. Serving residential and commercial properties in the Mid-Valley, call Lifetime Gutters today to schedule your no-cost estimate. Online at lifetime-gutters.com.
4: They're in position to try to go for it here, and they will, and it's an option, and Nix is tackled short of the first down!
6: Hi, this is Ryan Cooper,
0: Jr., defensive back for Oregon State Beavers. We earned the leader of the pack by playing fast and playing together. You can be a leader by committing to Damn Nation to help all Oregon State athletes prepare for their future. Go to DamnNationCollective.com to give today. Be a leader of the to pack together. Go Bees.
4: Oregon goes for it inside the 30, and it's Oregon State football at the Oregon 28.
6: The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a 650 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's beef stroganoff. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's penne mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. Wedding time means framing time. All those special pictures. Steve at the Frame Shop can even help you put together a collage. And while Al is stepping back, he'll still be on site. And Steve with his 44 years of experience will be gradually taken over. You won't even notice a difference. Other than Steve might be at the counter more often. They'll still help you find that perfect mat and frame to complement your pictures and decor. And you'll still find a great selection of ready-made frames, prints, and art supplies. The Frame House on West First in historic downtown Albany.
8: Now's the time to get a great deal on a Kubota BX23S compact tractor on display now at Lynn Tractor in Tangent. The BX23S compact tractor is rated number one in durability and owner experience and with performance matched attachments. It's easy to operate too. You can get a Kubota BX23S compact tractor for as low as $0 down and 0% APR for up to 60 months now through June 30th. See Lynn Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer.
4: That, that that you know, it's the it's the ballpark which I may never see again. Jackie Robinson Stadium for football coaches.
5: What you were telling me off the air can't happen if you're inside. Probably
4: that's true. So outside in '07, when Riley and Banker show up listening yeah. to the Beaver game on 12:40 Joe Radio, and the signal skipped, and they're driving on a freeway in LA which is and heard it.
5: Unbelievable to me. Yes, that they heard it that clearly. Thought that it was. Yeah, what, didn't they, say why are we hearing
4: this? No, they they just <laughs> oh the beavers are playing. Yeah, well, let's yeah, go, let's over, go there. over and they show up and they they both jump on headsets outside of the press box and they were listening to twelve forty in, the, in their
5: rental car in Los Angeles
4: on a recruiting trip.
5: That's now Skip is real, but that one's a
4: good. Yeah, one. It's a good Skip story. And then uh, Ryan Gunderson, our former quarterback and assistant coach, Gundy came by, said hello. We visited a little bit. Uh, he's the quarterback's coach for Chip Kelly in UCLA, and I was mentioning that as Gunderson. Hey, Well, Ryan, apparently in this football night here is on his way out. Ken Norton Jr. threw out a, a first pitch. Deshaun Foster did mm-hmm. too. And, uh, while saying all football of that, night. I hear this, hey, Mike. I turn and look, and it's Chip Kelly saying hello. And, I mean, we don't know each other that well, but yeah. I've talked to him here and there over the years. Wow. And Gundy might have put him up to it, but whatever the case, I said to Chip real quick, what do you think of that guy over there pointing as Gundy's walking away? Yeah. And Kelly goes, we love him. We kind of love him. And then he walked <laughs> off. But that's Jackie Robinson Stadium. Mm. And I then I said, see you in Corvallis. <laughs> On the eclipse. No, I didn't know about the eclipse at that point. Yeah, but let's fun. go to Paul on the Downward Dog phone line. Good afternoon, Paul.
11: Yeah, hey, uh, reminiscing back to that uh, World Series in Omaha in 18, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Mike, but half of the Arizona-Arkansas team did not even come out to, to warm up. No, I didn't. I mean, usually the whole team was out there, and they would had those rubber bands attached to mm-hmm. the side, and they were doing their stretches and everything. Mm-hmm. Two guys did that, hmm. and we we didn't see the whole team until like ten minutes before the game.
4: Interesting. It was.
11: I have never seen such an undisciplined type of thing happen in a baseball game. I mean, you talk about being deflated. Mm-hmm. They weren't weren't only deflated; they were underinflated.
4: That's wow. an excellent point, and you know maybe the guys were thinking, "What's the point?"
11: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but. That's on the coaches, if you ask me. Sure. I mean, the coaching staff must have been deflated, too. Yeah,
4: they were. Oh well, They yeah. had to be. They were.
11: Hey, but on another thing, this weekend, Dave from Tamar and I were texting, and uh, and with all the uh, histrionics with the umpires in game two, I, I texted Dave, and I said, well, it's going to be pretty hard to beat this team of 10 that's on the field. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was frustrating,
11: but they did it.
4: Yeah, they did, they did. They Crushed them. It was it was impressive. Uh, it, it, there were a lot of calls, and even John Savage himself. Now the Beavs caught a break on the bizarre play against Arizona, so I guess I can't you know, I can't get too bent out of shape over catching a break when Travis didn't touch second base and that whole thing that we talked about. Okay, okay. Right. So the Beavers caught a break there, but John Savage himself quoted in D1Baseball.com after the game, you know, in the big leagues, said Savage, in the big leagues, they have cameras on the foul poles. But here, there are only eight cameras and none of them are pointed right down the foul line. I think we were a little fortunate on that one, unquote. Mm. Referring to the John John Vaughn's home run that turned a 6-5 to five game into the 8-5 to five game because he could see like his own hitter that the ball went foul.
11: Right, 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 yeah. I was actually talking about Game 2, I think. Weren't there some bad calls in Game 2? Well, right? yeah,
4: and, and Paul, I wasn't, you know, I'm just saying in general that was, I thought, a rough weekend for that quartet.
11: Oh, yeah, yeah. There's You know, sometimes you wonder, where do these guys live? Like, one of these guys live in Westwood or, you know, maybe they live in Transabina, you know, if you're wondering what's going on.
4: Yeah, it, 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 there was a lot of wondering what's going on for both teams during that weekend, but it felt like, Again, I know we look at it through our own lens, but I thought the weight of calls in that home run call and the check swing on Brady Kasper, where he barely the ball, you know, not even close to crossing the plane, a called strike, and without even any help, the home plate umpire simply wrong, called it a strike. Mitch Canham is about as upset as I've seen Mitch with umpiring all year, and he got tossed from a game, but he was more upset here than he was in the game that he got tossed. Hmm.
11: Right, right. And and hey, that, that comes with experience. You know, you, you know exactly what to say and what not to say the first time you get
4: tossed. <laughs> True. He'd been tossed as a player in the minor leagues, and I think he said as a manager once or twice in the minors, but the ejection he did get against I don't even know whoever it was, but he got run for coming out and saying, Now look, we all know that was a horrible call, but what I want to know is and before he even got the rest of the question out, you're gone. <laughs> So, he he apparently didn't broach the question properly.
11: Right, exactly right. Wrong phraseology.
4: Yep. Thank you, Paul. Good talking to you. Open phones if you'd like to join us, 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line or the University Honda text line. We've been chattering away with different things going on. We do have a ball game tonight. It looks like it's going to be great weather. 80 something come game time Johnny is that correct are we moving yep. towards about 85 today 85
5: today so yeah game time will be about 85
4: and i got to find a, i may have to take the uh, uh, open up a card table and take it outside to the Corvallis night spot because that press box going to be hot Ooh. with no window open Ooh, yeah. oh yeah i boy. i'm going to i'm going to go on a i'm going to go door to door in my neighborhood and see if we can find a way <laughs> Get a uh, little get, fan. Yeah, well, it's not it's not the same thing. A little fan, yeah,
5: yeah. Well, that'll help you with the heat. As far as the atmosphere, yeah, the
4: atmosphere. So I'm gonna I'm gonna work. I'm seriously. I, yeah. I mean it. Aesthetically speaking, mm-hmm. I, I want to try to do something, and I don't know how. And I realize on the overall scheme of things, yeah, it's not that important. And you you know, well, quick quit complaining. Okay, okay, yeah, you're right. I'll try not to say anything about it tonight on the air. <laughs> not try real hard, probably,
5: but I will. But to get that window open somehow. Well, yeah, especially if, you know, you get, if you host. If we're hosting, go, get into we've the,
4: had some really hot regional really hot. games.
5: Oh, I can remember. Yeah. Probably been 10 years. I remember a 100-degree weekend. I remember
4: 2013. Regionals. Yeah. 2013, the regional and the super against Kansas State. Yeah. Flat out, oh. smoking
5: hot. Oh, It was hot. Yeah. Not good in, uh, returns right now from yesterday for Oregon State Golf. Uh, they're in tenth place. Okay, after two days, uh, they were six under for the day, and seventeen under for the tournament right now. So they're in tenth place right now at seventeen under in tenth place. Yeah, because uh, Stanford's on top at forty under. Oh my gosh, what course is this? And then thirty six. Well, this is day two. Thirty six. Yeah, 17-under. The worst is Lehigh at four over, Kansas City one under. The Beavers are in 10th out of 14, the top five go. Stanford, number one. Arizona State, number two. Virginia, number three. San Francisco, number four. Tied with East Tennessee State. So there's your top five right now. And they've got the the Beavers have tomorrow. And as far as the player leaderboard, this is in Las Vegas. Vegas, okay. At Greyhawk. Um, the top Oregon state golfer right now is Ryan Johnson, who is seven under through 11 today. So if he's through 11, then the Beavers are still out there and two under for the day. Not bad. Shot a 67 in the first round tied for 15th right now. So that's the number one Beaver on the course. So I got to go back to the team leaderboard and see what okay. they're through here. Speaking of the Beavers and teams. Through and- 10 to 13. So they, yeah, okay. they still got a ways to go.
4: Louis Quintana tomorrow. Alex Gary tomorrow. Gary was a, a pitcher, I believe. I'm a, I'm going to have to go back and double check. Gary is the AD now at Western Carolina. And pitched and competed for Western and is now back at his alma mater as the director of athletics and did a tremendous job here as a member of uh, ourbeavernation.com the foundation i all of these things i'll know by the time we talk to him <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh, yeah, it, I do. I do. i'll know a little bit more too by this by thursday about western carolina baseball and its current state of affairs we just we can only hope that that Aaron Fit is closer to being right than Kendall Rogers. Kendall a little more skeptical about the Beavers' chances of hosting in this Washington uprising here of late. California did sweep UCLA at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Cal swept UCLA <laughs> right at before UCLA. the Beavers' trip.
5: Right. So Friday night was hard to listen to after yeah. coming off of that, going into yeah. that, having them getting swept by Cal. Go Bears
4: go this weekend. Yeah. Knock Washington down. A, get them out of that host. You know, Aaron says, the committee. And that, that reminds me of the chariots of fire. That's a question for the committee, <laughs> somebody says. And the guy says, we are the committee. You,
5: you, know, know? you have no idea. When we're playing games, like I was visiting my, my son and his girlfriend, and we were playing this, this massive game of Uno. And just, just to poke and have fun, I don't know, there was some, some slight discrepancy, and I said, no, 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 the committee says that is an illegal <laughs> yes. move. Right. And then later she, and then she'll say something, and I said, no, the, the committee right. has been, has spoken. In fact, the committee got together, voted on it, and it was unanimous. Yeah. Oh, know by the way, I am the yeah, committee. Yeah, I'm the committee.
4: Right. <laughs> can we move the heat to a different time? That's a question for the committee. And then the other guy looks at him and says, we are the committee move the bloody heat. (laughs) So the committee, you're right. Let's do (laughs) whoever they are. Exactly. And whatever it's made up of, we hope that get Washington out of that possible hosting situation. Yeah. And even now you heard Aaron Fitz say, well, you know, the urban legend, he didn't say that, but it is that Meg's, worked against the Beavers' uh, yeah. chances yeah. rather than for when he's supposed to be working on behalf of his teams in the conference in the region. But I I am pretty and uh, not pretty. – I'm sure that's true that he did because I've got it from different people who were told by people in the rooms uh-huh. what was going on. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's why the anger from Pat and others was so profound mm-hmm. because they knew it to be true. It wasn't just, hey, well, I heard that – Right. No, they knew some things that were true about that back in '16. So you hope that your regional advisor and who you know all of those people are looking out for your right. interests. Even right. even the you know competitive son of a gun that Pat Casey, and Pat Murphy, and those guys were. Murph would always Murph against. He said, I shouldn't be doing this because you guys could hurt me. But you mm-hmm. belong in the tournament, and I'm lobbying for you to yeah. get in. Yeah. That was in 07. As it should be. Murphy was a guy who said Oregon State belongs in, and then it's the Beavers that end up eliminating him in Omaha. Uh, but easily. Murphy did the right thing. Exactly.
5: Just do the right thing. Right. Hey, as we go to break, our yeah. last break, let's quickly, uh, Not, I'm not going to keep the tally, but just yeah. for fun, based on what we've been talking about, text us, host or no host, on what you think yeah. it'll be. Host or no host, it's the Forks and Corks uh, question, basically. Yeah. Forks and Corks and Corvallis, and we thank them for being with us here on the on the Joe Yes oh. or
4: no? Will will the yeah. Beavers host? Yes or no? If you had to predict right now, we'd be interested to gauge Beaver and I'm Nation. And we're not going
5: to put it as part of a deal. No. So you can say differently. You can say yeah. yes, host, no, host. We're in, we're out. Just Yeah, just in shoot us a out. text.
4: We'll be interested to know what you're thinking as you read, absorb, listen, yeah. look, listen, learn. All those things. Why or N, yes or no, to the Beavers hosting. Yes or no? You think they will? Not so much do you want them to? No, of course not. Yeah. But do you want think they will? Based on everything you're reading and hearing, yes I, or no on hosting? I'm going to say yes. I'm with Aaron Fit, who thinks yes too. Right now, he said if he had to. So I'm, I'm a yay. You're a yay. But if you're a nay, maybe say no. And here's why: yeah. we'd be happy to take some text in our remaining minutes. And believe me, mine are not because of myopia. Forks and Corks Catering question: Yes or no on hosting? And you can elaborate if you, if you if you, if you want to. Four nine seven five three five six. Text us now in the Forks and Corks Catering your resonance on 1240 Joe Radio
6: Summer with all of its events and parties is on the way call Forks and Corks today and make your reservation Large or small, Forks & Corks Catering will make your event spectacular. From sit-down dinners to buffets or delicious bites, they'll work with you to choose a menu based on taste and budget. Forks & Corks will ensure an enjoyable experience for you and your guests. A spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks & Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011.
1: Leading off this inning for your tax and wealth management team is David Mendenhall batting second, Bill Heck, and batting third, Robert Berry. It's always important to have a talented lineup. The same is true if you need
7: some advice on personal or business tax planning or just some help with financial strategy. With over 40 years in business, Tax and Wealth Management has the experience you need to hit that home run. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and start your journey on the road to success. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L-2501 tractor is part of a tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. And it's on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The L-2501 tractor features a Kubota diesel engine and is easy to operate. See Lynn Benton Tractor today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Lynn
8: Benton Tractor. We're still doing business the
6: American way owned and operated for over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. They thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and look forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Browse through their large showroom with a beautiful selection of carpet, countertops, sheet vinyl, linoleum tile, hard surface floors, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering, corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor covering and Go beeves.
4: Hi everybody, this is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenberger's.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big
6: thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Feel the power at Power Honda in Albany, where quality, service, and peace of mind meet you as you walk through the door at 4120 Sandy Am Highway in Albany. Power Honda is family owned and offers new vehicles and over a thousand used vehicles to choose from. Power Honda has a Google review of 4.9 stars, offers financing for everyone, and knows how to treat their customers' needs. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany.
5: See, I was going to ask you what, you what you brought that book here for. The Summer Game.
4: Roger Angel, and these are meditations.
5: See the angel at, at the on vital blue? You see, are those yeah, rings? How about that? Is that where the, the actual uh, warm up circle is? The batting circle?
4: I'm not sure what those rings are. I was getting a little agitated, speaking of on deck circles and all yeah, of that. Yeah, on deck circles. Yeah. yeah. Was that no, they, this is, this, there would be on deck circle. Okay. UCLA's players just he almost, he might as well get in the box and take and watch the pitcher. They're that close? Yeah, I mean, nobody ever made him go back. Again, It <laughs> would it help? You know, that's the whole thing. Have you seen Bridge of Spies, by the way? No. Have you seen it? Um, I don't, I, I, I don't, think so. I, I don't know why. It's one of those, you know, scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through. And I've just kind of said, nah, no, I know. I'm sure it's an interesting story. Spielberg directs it, so it can't be bad. And Tom Hanks is in it, and Mark Rylance is in it. Bridge of Spies, like 2015 or 16, the true story of the the exchange, Francis Gary Powers, and the Soviets. I mean, it, I never saw it's it. It's a fascinating story. I liked it a lot, You're but I've right, never why seen it. you
5: interested in it?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just kept scrolling by. Nah, I don't think nah, Bridge of Spies. Somehow I thought it was going to be one of those 007. I did I never read the details. Bridge of Spies. I, I'm not a huge Bond guy. I, I admire the technical feats that Bond films are, and I kind of like them, but I'm not a huge fan of them. So when I saw the title Bridge of Spies, I thought, nah, nah, I don't I don't need any of this 007 stuff. <laughs> so I never knew what the story was about. What about have, what about the catcher was a spy? Now that you know that drew me. That's in. a movie. I liked it though. It's a book dude. Nicholas yeah. Davidov, and it's a good, pretty good movie. A better book, but going along, on br- finally I watched it on this past road trip. I'd never seen it before, so I and? watched it in the room and liked it a lot. Okay, but Mark Rylance, Trevor Larnick, Mark Mark Rylance, meet Trevor Larnick. Trevor Larnick, meet Mark Rylance. Well, what do you mean, as Abel? Whatever the guy's first name is, Abel, the la- the name of the Soviet spy that they catch (laughs) in New York city (laughs) and his spy stuff. Hanks is really good in it. The movie's got some humor in it. I liked it a lot, but Rylance at one point when Hanks is trying to explain the gravity of the situation to his client and his client is the Soviet spy that's been caught, but he's going to be given a defense and Hanks is hated because he's going to be the lawyer defending the Soviet spy. And Hanks says we need to—Hanks, even before Francis Gary Powers is shot down over Soviet skies, Hanks has this idea we may need, rather than treat him horribly, we may need this guy, this able character, played by Mark Rylance, as a piece to negotiate with later. And as it turns out, that's exactly what happens, and an exchange is made. Spoiler alert, (laughs) anyway— But the dialogue between Hanks and Rylance throughout is the best stuff in the movie. And Rylance, I love. I I think whoever he is is a great actor. I've only become aware of him in recent years. But he is excellent in uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7. He's excellent in that. He's just good. And he's really good in this. But at one point, Hanks says to him when he's trying to explain the gravity of the situation... And Rylance has just taken it all in. Oh, okay. And he says, you don't seem nervous. Hank says, you don't seem upset or nervous about any of this. And he looks at Hank and says, would it help? <laughs> and it's a recurring question by him. And I love it. But Trevor Larnick struck me, you know, he was anger, but he's not going to rant and rave or go down and be mad or be mad at the tea or whatever, yeah. because would it help? And, and it's that kind of attitude I need to channel more often in my own life when I'm getting upset about uh, Jason Venzon strike zone or fair or foul or foul is fair, fair is foul, and all that. I mean, it's not helping. The answer is, does that help? No, it doesn't help. So, <laughs> so Mark Ryland's had the right approach, and I need to try to find a way to get
5: there, John. It's like if I have a temper tantrum or when I did when I was a kid and my parents would look at me and just stand there. Can wait for it. Right. You feel better? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
4: That's about I'm the like, only thing. Yes, actually. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, I I wanted you know, I wanted Gippy the other day. In fact, when what when the call went from we thought and Gippy's going, well, it's two and one, not one and two. It's yeah. two and one, right? No, no, it's one and two in the whole. Where did that other strike come? Well, it came on the first pitch. I wanted him, I wanted Mitch. Doesn't everybody see how horrible that is? And I'm the only <laughs> one upset about it in the whole stadium. <laughs> Would it help? No, it doesn't help. I so, Mark <laughs> Rylance's question, I need to keep that in mind throughout. All right. Yeah. So, uh,
5: here's what we have. Okay, Forks um, and quarks
4: poll question was what? Yes or no? Will the, the beavers
5: host or not? And we got more yeses than nos, but we did get some nos. And
4: what do the nos say? Any? Is there any explanation on any of
5: them? No, with us having an unranked non-conference series to close out, okay. and with Washington. Uh, let's see, close out with Washington coming on strong. If yep. they win their series this weekend, I think I think they will be the Northwest host, hoping I am wrong, however. Okay. okay. Uh, let's have the team go out to a regional as a number two seed and make some noise like they did in Virginia years ago.
4: Charlottesville in 07, the only time they've won a road regional.
5: Though. Right. Here's yes because the Beavs are winning at the right time as a team. Harold from Sandy says Beavs are the better team. Then Washington. Must be, yeah. Uh, Win out and win two in the Pac-12 tourney. Definitely in. One and one in tourney, maybe. And losses prior to tourney, no. Here's just a straight up yes, they host. No, because the the Stanford sweep. That's one of the The Stanford thing hurts. Needed one. Yes, host. Host. No host. This one uh, from Garrett just says no host. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one that says earned. Not sure with that much. that was from earlier conversation. Uh, CVB said Vita blue. You were talking about that. I can't remember what context Ricky Henderson, 1990, or did you specify a pitcher? Well,
4: Vita blue, I think is, is that still the correct answer? I was asking is, is the answer to that famous trivia question? Who was the last switch hitter to win the American league MVP? Award? Oh, the answer
5: is it still, Vita Blue, because that was the answer for decades. That's probably the person okay. saying, yeah, Vita Blue. Okay. Uh, so there you go. So thanks to Forks and Corks, and uh, actually, we may even have some more. Yes, if they win the next four, or maybe three will do, and do fairly well in the Pac-12 tourney. And then here's one. Did you know that Tom Hanks is in Portland on Thursday night doing a show at Civic Auditorium? No. no. And what not. show what yeah, what is he res- doing is it a giant, is it a one man show one man show a soliloquy I, Al Holbrook I'd like to know Uh let's see if they do host would you want to beavers to come to your park if they oh if they don't host sorry oh would you want the beavers to be a team that
4: you're no, that 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 would be the team that if the Beavers get sent to, no, whoever I whoever's, whoever's I would ever not. hosting is going to say they send Oregon State. No, Oregon right. State. Well, to well, us. think about
5: this: if you went to Boston College, like TJ yeah. was proposing, and you got two Northwest area, you know, di- directional schools from that New York Boston area, and Oregon State, they wouldn't be happy. No way. If I was Boston College, no. I'd be like, no, no, this is this is fair. our reward. <laughs> yeah.
4: Anyway, there you okay. go. Okay, thank you for that, and thanks to Forks and Corks. Closing with a thought from Roger Angel. On from the summer game, he writes the small magic of the box score. And I miss it. I miss daily newspaper perusings of box scores, scrolling through on my phone to find a box score, having to scroll up and down. It's just it's not the same. I understand, but it's I, not I, I, as have to,
5: I have a question unto okay. you. If they were still in today in the modern era, knowing what you do, would you scroll through them? Or was that more of a time when you were more in tune with Major League Baseball? A little more in
4: tune. But I would read the box scores were part of my life for so many years. Mm-hmm. Not you know, as a young kid, as mm-hmm. as a fan, box scores. You hit homers.
10: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, looking at four one 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 and thinking, oh, he must have homered. and going from the four one 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 down. Ah, yep, there it is. He hit his seventeenth. Four one 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 usually means solo home run, and you could feel it and know that in your bone. Mm-hmm. But the small magic of the box score road angel is. Cognominal as well as mathematical. Down the years, the rosters of the big league teams have echoed and twangled with evocative, hilarious, ominous, impossible, and exactly appropriate names. The daily breathing reality of the ballplayers' names and box scores accounts in part, it seems to me, for the rarity of, con- of convincing baseball fiction. No novelist has yet been able to concoct a baseball hero with as tonic a name as Willie Mays or Duke Snyder or Vita Blue. No contemporary novelist would dare a supporting cast of characters with the Kenzie names like those that have stuck in box scores
5: through the years.
4: Tom Hanks has written a novel. He's talking. Interesting. About. Okay. See you tomorrow.
2: K E J O Corvallis and translator K two two ninety I Corvallis, the home of the Beavers.
3: Twelve forty. Joe.